Kings chapter 3. And uh, we love you, Pastor. Amen, brother and sister Buford. God bless you. We love y'all. sure enjoyed our time this afternoon. I may have been a stick in the mud with jet lag and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but we're, we, we enjoyed our fellowship uh, this afternoon at lunchtime. Thank you so much. And good to see the, the bishop, the elder. I hate, I hate saying elder now after, what was it, because of the times or something, they said when it's elder, it's like, okay, you're the old man. Uh, that's not how I feel. I'm just saying it's the, um, hallelujah, I think it was Brother Huntley that said that. He said when they call, started calling me bishop, I knew that I was old then. Hallelujah. Uh, but uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> Get myself in trouble. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. Um, to everything, there's a, there's a season, everything. And thank the Lord. Aren't you glad that seasons just don't last all the time? Amen. Uh, would you just lift your hands to heaven and say thank you Jesus for the word thank you for what you're going to do I thank you for uh, inspiring us and lifting us up helping us tonight ask you to do a mighty work in the next few moments God do a great work in this building in Jesus name we pray everyone said in Jesus name you may be seated if you'll help me preach I love it when that happens amen I think there's only one or two that, oh there <laughs> Hallelujah, I'm just kidding. And uh, I want to preach to you for a few, mo few moments on the subject, the power of now. The power of now. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and you shall receive power. Um, there down in Texas, we're, we're based out of Houston, Texas, and I, I was uh, raised there uh, for many years before my parents went as missionaries overseas. And uh, one thing about Texas, you've got... Um, you've got You've got several seasons, hot, hotter, and even hotter. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm the type of guy, I like, I like those hot seasons. We stepped out of the hotel tonight, and it was snowing. And I started singing, take me back, take me back, dear Lord, to the south, where I love the sweet tea or something like that. But um, it, I, I began to study this word, the word uh, now comes from the Greek word, or uh, the word power is, comes from the Greek word, and it's uh, dunamis. It is, uh, uh, it's derived, it's a conferred authority. It's a warranted right to do something. When you have the power, that means that you were given the authority to do it. And, uh, and so again, I looked up another word. I looked up the word now, and I, I'm going to give you all a great revelation. Are you, are you ready for deep revelation? The word now, it means at this present time. Man, I need some milk and cornbread, man. The, the anointing just is so heavy. <laughs> I looked it up and I thought, man, my goodness, that, that word now, couldn't it mean something a little deeper? 
but it means that this present moment where you're living, what's right now, there are 788,258 words in the King James Bible. Of these, 14,565 are unique. 1,356 instances of the word now in the Bible. The word now is a very interesting word. It, the word, it, uh, of course, a present time. It, it's without further delay. The Holy Ghost moved upon the writers and translators of the Bible to use that word quite often throughout the Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured, or have I given aid or assistance to thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I have come to tell you tonight that God has, has said it is our time. It is now is the time for, for us to have greater revival than we've ever seen. I believe that now is the time, and I, I know we've preached it for years and years and years, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that God, whatever He calls, uh, He commissions, and whatever He commissions, He has already given provision for. He didn't create the cow and then the grass. He created the grass, and then He created the cow. He didn't create the fish and then the water. He created the water, and then He, he created the fish. He did not create you and not give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. He didn't not call you to evangelize your world and not give you the power to do that and someone said amen the Hebrews had a, an interesting way of passing time they, uh, they do not look at, at the calendar the way that you and I look at the calendar but their calendar was a, the, the way they looked at it, it was, uh, it was a season. It was an appointed time. It was, uh, the Bible stresses not the abstract continuity, but rather the God-given content or the certain moment of history. In other words, it was not just a date on the calendar. Um, I, my, my phone, and if, if you're in technology at all, if you, if you carry a phone, I... Uh, even for what I'm preaching, I, I turn a timer on. I uh, because if not, I'll just I've got the gift of gab. I'll keep going and going, and y'all will slowly drift out of this place. So I I set myself on a timer. I I have a calendar, and uh, the calendar tells me everything that I need to do, when I need to do it, and how I need to do it, and. Uh, I'm, I'm, when I take a flight it tells me the airlines it tells me what time I need to be there and it tells me when I rent a car all these things because I, I want to try to organize I want to try to be right and, and be where I'm supposed to be but the Bible is not that way it is an appointed time of God it was a, a time that God said I'm going to meet you and I'm going to be there for you and I've come to tell you tonight that this is the uh, now is the time for us to have revival like we've never seen it but I believe that there is something before we can have a greater revival there's got to be something that happens inside each and every person that there's got to be a process that we go through that we say God it's not about me it's not about how I feel it's not about it's, it, this is, life is not about me but God it's about you and I want your purpose to line up with my purpose and when those purposes line up then I'll have the greater revival than I have ever seen in my life God because I make it about you and not about me hallelujah somebody said amen you see, it was the Battle of Waterloo. It was fought on the 18th of June in 1815. It was Napoleon Bonaparte's last battle. His defeat put a final end to his rule as the emperor of the French. And 
after Napoleon returned from exile and was restored to power, many states which had previously resisted his rule formed the Seventh Coalition. They began to mobilize armies uh, and uh, to oppose him. And the first two armies to assemble close to the French northeastern border were a Ger German army under the command of Gebhardt van Blücher and an English allied army under the command of the Duke of Wellington. Napoleon chose to attack them in hope of uh, destroying them before they, with other members of the Seventh Coalition, could join a coordinated invasion of France. And the com campaign consisted of four major battles, with Waterloo proving to be the decisive battle. It is at the, it is, it's reported at the close of the Battle of Waterloo the English people were anxiously awaiting the, uh, the, the results and their only means of communication was a system of signal lights flashed across the English Channel. It read, Wellington defeated. Gloom settled over the English and uh, imagined their joy when the fog lifted and they received the whole message, Wellington defeated the enemy. I believe that the enemy is doing everything he can to throw, to throw a smoke screen in front of everybody and say, no, there's, there's no hope, there's no help. But I've come to tell you tonight that the wind of the Holy Ghost is going to blow that out of the way tonight. And you're going to see the whole message where it says the enemy has been defeated, but it's right now and I've got to seize upon that it's a carpe diem it seize the day God I'm not going to wait till tomorrow I'm not going to wait till next week but first of all I'm going to have a miracle in my life I'm going to have healing in my life I'm going to have healing in my family and God when those things happen I know that you're going to do to the church what needs to be done that you're going to give us a greater revival than I come on somebody help me preach just a little bit here tonight it's the power of right now I'm not going to wait I'm not going to put it off. I'm not going to say it's going to be a, a week or two down the road. God, I'm determined to have revival right now. Clap your hands, all you people. Hallelujah. 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 History and, and scripture alike are replete with stories that at first glance it spells out defeat, but the end proclaims that the, there is fact in victory, that it is risen from the ashes of despair. Remember with me, if you will, the three Hebrew children that they were brought into the, uh, in front of the king. And uh, you, you know the story that he said, uh, you know, come on, uh, you need to bow down. When the music plays, we, we know the story. But it's something began to happen. They, there was something inside of them. They said, they said, we, King, we, we don't know what's going to happen. We, we have no, but our God is well able. I've come to tell you, when, uh, hell had to take the back seat to the testimony of the righteous because they said, I don't know what's going on, but I know that he still is able to do it. I want somebody to hear me tonight. It does not matter what's happened in your life this week. God is well able to perform. God is well able to do what you need him to do. It doesn't matter if you've had a pink slip. It doesn't matter what's going on. I'm not worried about what the doctor says. I'm worried about what God said. God said everything is going to be okay. I've come to tell somebody in this house tonight, it's the power of right now. I'm going to have my healing. I'm going to have God step in the middle of my situation. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, if you are in the middle of the fire right now, you need to thank God that you're in the middle of the fire. 
The Bible says the three Hebrew children, then they came up. King said, turn it up seven times hotter. So much so that whenever the, the, the door was open, the Bible says the king's mighty men fell dead at the doorstep. Come on, if you're, you could have died at the doorstep, but instead you're right in the middle of the fire. I'm preaching to some people in this place tonight. I'm preaching to some people here right now. It does not matter what other people say. It doesn't matter what other kind of people say that you're a failure. I'm not worried about the words of somebody else. When God said everything is going to be all right, then I take fact that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Come on, if you're in the middle of the fire, you need to thank God. You need to dance and shout and say, God, I know that if I'm in the middle of the fire, you're right there with me in the fire. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on, after, after, the, uh, after the, the story was told, hell had to take a backseat to the testimony of the righteous. That Listen, there's nothing that can stand when God, it, come on, if the enemy, if God is for me, who can be against me? Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I, I may have told you before, I, I, and, and I apologize. If, no, I don't apologize. The Holy Ghost has hit me. Five years ago, the doctors diagnosed my wife with breast cancer. And man, it was like somebody punched us in the stomach. And, and we just kept praying, kept praying. The Lord spoke to me. He said, everything is going to be all right. It's been five years. She went back to the doctor a few months ago. The doctor said, you, you're not going to have to worry about this anymore because you've, you've passed that five-year mark. We thank God. We thank God. I, come on. I, I appreciate what they did, but I'm so grateful at what God has done. Come on, somebody's got, somebody's got to hear me. I'm thankful for what they did. I mean, I appreciate, but I am grateful for what God has done because God stepped in the middle of our situation. God stepped in the middle of the problem and said, everything is going to be all right. And so I have to put my trust in him. My trust is not in horses or chariots. My trust is in God. It's the power of right now that I'm going to have my miracle. Sometimes the, miracle, the, the hardest miracle is the miracle over the mind. I got a phone call today sitting in pastor's office. I got a call from overseas, and, and the guy just is crying, and he's, he said, man, I've got, I said, listen, the biggest problem you've got right now is the enemy has got a hold of your mind. Get rid of it. Get, move it out of the way. Turn some music on. Learn how to, how to focus your, your mind on something else. Don't think about the problem that you got all the time. Come on, that's what the enemy wants to do. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I'm trying to convince somebody that tonight is your night for a miracle. That, yeah, I, I, listen, worldwide revival. Revival is, it, it's going to happen. If God has to raise up a drunk, it will happen. We are going to have revival. But I choose to say, God, I want to be right smack dab in the middle of it. God, I, I don't want to miss a moment. I don't want to miss a beat. I want to be smack dab in the middle of the greatest revival that this world has ever seen. But I also know tonight that God wants to perform miracles miracles throughout this building. Come on, let the doctor do what the doctor does. Let the doctors uh, uh, work their limited knowledge, but let God step right in the middle of it and say, God, I've got confidence that you're going to do what you said you would do. Come on, would you clap your hands, everybody in this building. Come on, everybody, clap your hands to Jesus. God, I thank you for it. God, I thank you for it. God, I thank you for it. Hallelujah. Listen, this world, we relevant to anybody else. Uh, this world is full of people trying to be relevant to each other. We were having a conversation today and, 
and I, I don't even know what brought it around. But listen, we, we've, got to, we, we've got to understand that I, I am different than other people. I, I don't have to be like, the greatest problem with the church, well, maybe, let me rephrase this. The greatest problem with America is we would rather be liked than be right. Hello? We'd rather be liked. Forget what is right. Let's just, I want to be liked. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest problem that we have is this, this, uh, this culture that says we're, gonna, we're just going to compromise with everybody and everybody's fine, everybody's going to heaven. Everybody's not going to heaven. That's the word of God. Come on, everybody, it's not, it's, we don't all serve the same God. It, there is only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Listen, I'm, I'm apostolic through and through. I, come on, I'm Pentecost, uh, 100% of me. There, there's, no, there, there's no room for moving around. And, and with that, come on, I don't have to be relevant to the world. I, the world is looking for something different. The world is looking for somebody that says, listen, I want something different. They've got their bands, they've got their music, they've got their fun, the concerts, but they don't have the anointed singing like we heard tonight they don't have the anointed music like we heard tonight they don't have the worship that we have come on somebody hear me that come on God has prepared the church for this day but God has also prepared us tonight to walk into this place and walk out of here with the miracle that I need in my life come on it might be in your body but it also might be in your mind it might be in your family God said I'm going to step in the middle because it's right now that I want to do my greatest work for the church of the living God. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. In the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The problem is, is that the enemy has the ability to change a word or two, but he cannot change your destiny. He might change a word, but he's not going to change the destiny. I want to tell you, after the fiery furnace, after hell had taken its best shot, the children of Israel, uh, the children of God emerged victorious. Come on, hell had to take a back seat to the testimony of the righteous, the king and his advisors, the people who were influential in the kingdom gathered around them. They did everything they could, but they said, come on, king, I, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know that he is well able. Daniel was another young man who was faithful to God. He was faithful in prayer. The king comes down there and the next day, yeah, we, we know the story. He was tricked and the king was made a decree and all this kind of stuff. And, and uh, the next day he walks down there. Daniel, are you okay? Daniel, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, I, we just had a conversation. <laughs> he said, is that rumor? I'm ADHD. Okay, y'all just pray for me. I don't know what, it, I don't know what the conversation was. Daniel walked out of that place victorious. Why? Because it was right now. Our issue is, is when we come up to a problem, when we come to a situation, well, God, I'm just going to wait on you. We sing that song. Going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait. When people seek the Holy Ghost, I've prayed for people that were seeking the Holy Ghost for years. Went to pray for a lady in California, and she was praying, and, and just she had the most flowery words. I mean, she was she was good. And I, I stopped her and asked her. I said. Uh, how long have you been seeking the Holy Ghost? 30 years. Really? Oh. <laughs> I said, I said, ma'am, do you work for Hallmark Card Company or something? I did. My wife was sitting there. She said, no, why? I said, because what, whatever you're saying, that's pretty cool stuff right there. I said, but God's not, in, God's not worried about your wordsmith ability. 
I said, he wants to know one thing. Do I give? Within about two minutes, she was speaking in another language. God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because there's something about realizing it's right now. I don't have to wait. We used to say, and I don't mean to offend anybody. I, pastors get nervous when you make that statement. But I, 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 I don't mean to any, offend anybody. But the old days, we're just, we're just going to wait on the Lord and, and just tarry for the Holy Ghost. And tarry. I know the Bible says they tarry. I, I understand all of that. But listen, the same day, the same day, 3,000 souls were added to the church. I don't believe that we have to tarry for the Holy Ghost. I don't believe that we have to tarry for a miracle. There, there's difference. There's a miracle and there's healing. Healing is a process. Miracle, God says, God does, I, I pray for a miracle. God, let it happen. And God says, okay, I'm going to do a process through it. There's a process that I'm going to go through. And many times we miss the promise because of the process. Hello? We, we miss the promise because of what we're having to do. I want a miracle right now. He says, no, I, we're, we're just going to, we're going to take it. We're going to, he's a sovereign God. He can do whatever he wants to do. But I keep saying, God, I trust you. My confidence is in you. My hope is in you. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus, right? Come on. Then his name and righteousness. I, I, it doesn't matter what go, is going on around me. I know that God is able to do it. And I can tell you miracle after miracle that not only has happened in our family, but that we have seen miracles happen at different places. But there's got to be something with inside the spirit of every person in this building. Number one, God, it's right now. I refuse to wait till later. I refuse to wait uh, six weeks down the road. God, it doesn't need to happen. I, and, and I've had people say, Brother Marshall, then, then why doesn't God do it right then? I don't know. You've got to talk to him about it. I'm just claiming it right now. I'm saying, okay, God, I, I'm claiming this right now. I know we've made the statement that microwave Christianity is going to get us in problem and trouble and stuff. I believe miracles happen. Come on, we've, you've come too late to tell me that miracles don't happen. Come on, the king said, uh, the, the man of God went to the king. He said, look, why don't you take the arrows and, and, and shoot the arrows? And, and he shot three arrows. And, and, and he said, man, why in the world? Take those arrows and, and beat the ground. He said, he hit it three times. He said, if the the man of God got wroth. He said, if you would have continued striking the ground, you would have, listen, he said, you would have utterly defeated the enemy. You would have utterly, you would have completely annihilated them. But cause now you've only done it three times. He said, your, your miracle's gonna be limited. That's my own words. Do you understand where I'm coming? So God, I keep praying. I, uh, several years ago, I was, uh, uh, the Lord kind of works it differently with me. Yes, because he knows my ADD. I'm kidding. But I, I, I had, the Lord would give me a vision. The Lord would, uh, I would dream about something and the Lord would speak to me in dreams and visions. That's when I was a young man. And, uh, and so I, one night, I, one morning I woke up and I'd had a dream. And uh, in the dream, my uncle who was backslidden for, um, well, as 40 plus years, our family had prayed, and, and he was in drugs, and the more we prayed, the worse it got. Uh, he was just, he was in really bad shape. But in this dream, I dreamed that he called my mom, and who he had been estranged from, and they hadn't spoken in many, many years. And So I had this dream that my Uncle Titus called my mom, and he said, Ann, I'm, uh, I just wanted you to know I, I'm so sorry for the problems I've ever caused and the things I've ever done, said. Uh, in my dream, he said, Ann, I, I found an apostolic church last night and, and I re got refilled with the Holy Ghost. And, and so that was my dream. I woke up the next morning and my mom called me and she said, uh, Tim, guess who I got a phone call from today? And I said, 
well, let me tell you what happened in my dream last night. I said, Titus called you and and uh, I said, Titus said, Ann, please forgive me for what I've done. And, and Ann, I went to an apostolic church last night. She said, yeah, how did you know? I said, the Lord told me in a dream last night. She said, Titus went after 40 plus years. God refilled my uncle with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how long we keep praying. We keep doing We keep going. We keep pushing and say, God, I know that you're able. God, I know you're able. Come on, the, the seats that's around you right now, those are not empty seats. They're spirits there, but the flesh is just not as willing as, come on, somebody hear me. The flesh, it's just about people getting in here. I'm telling you, I keep push, pushing. I keep saying, God, I'm going to have a miracle. God, I'm going to see the, the building filled up. God, I'm going to see it where we go multiple services a day. Come on, get a vision and expectation and say God I know you're going to do this and I keep praying I keep striking the ground God why am I, why am I striking the ground because if I'll keep striking the ground I'll completely and utterly destroy the enemy that wants to come in and take my victory and so I'm going to keep pushing I'm going to keep praying why it's the power of right now it's about what God is going to do right now come on somebody shout hallelujah I want somebody to understand tonight God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask according to the or think according to the power what is the power you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you Come on, it's the power of right now. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands to heaven? Would you lift your hands? Hallelujah. God, I thank you for what you're doing. God, I thank you for how. Come on, God, I, I need a miracle. I need your touch upon my life. Hallelujah. We give you the praise, God. I will not let this overtake me. I will not let it overcome me, God. I believe that you're going to do what you said you would do. Come on, would you talk to God for the next couple of moments? God, I praise you. I glorify you. I magnify you. Come on, there's healing in this building right now. There's healing in this building. We were in Australia and I stepped up to the pulpit. We were going to have a crusade on Sunday. Uh, was it Sunday? I, I forget what day it was. And um, I saw a young man down here. I had seen him earlier in the week. And the Lord spoke to me. I turned around to the pastor and I said, where does he work? The pastor started laughing. He said, he just lost his job the other day. And I said, the Holy Ghost just told me. I said, the reason I asked where you worked, I said, the Lord's fixing to perform a miracle for you. And uh, I mean, he stood there stunned. I said, uh, this week God is fixing. Now, this is on Wednesday night. That's right. It was on Wednesday night. I said, this week is God is fixing to take care of it. Now, when I left, Brother Buford, I, I, I was like, Oh dear Lord, this is only Wednesday. <laughs> I didn't make it up. I, I, it's just the Lord. The Lord did that, and, I, and I'm kind of I'm going. Okay, Lord, was it the week from Wednesday to Wednesday, Wednesday to Sunday? I, I don't put dates on stuff. I, I just don't do it because you know if it's ten minutes off, somebody's going. He's a false prophet. Well, I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet. I just I just try to do what the Holy Ghost tells me. And that was on Wednesday. 
Sunday we got in church and the pastor said uh, he got a job offer on Thursday morning the very next day I said thank you Jesus <laughs> come on it was not about me uh, but you know you, I, I don't have time to go into it but I'm going okay God God you did what you said you was going to do God you have the ability you're, it's God you're still God Come on, it's whether I, it, it's not, I didn't question the word of God because I know what the Lord spoke. I didn't question it. But I'm going like, God, I, you know, God, I'm asking you to kind of do this thing, you know, do, do what you said you were going to do. God says, kick back and relax, dude. I've got it all under control. That, am I making sense at all here tonight? Come on, God wants to do things for people in this building tonight. Come on, it is not something way down the road. There's a miracle fixing to happen in this building, but you've got to get your spirit to the level of expectation saying, God, I believe that you're going to do it. God, I, I believe that you're going to do it. I can tell you about a lady in, in Mississippi walked in, had a big old knot on the side of her, her neck. My wife and I went down to pray for her, and we, we sat there and watched the knot not began to recede. I walked over to a lady and or I was preaching and I, I pointed to a lady and I said, ma'am, I said, the, the doctor uh, the doctor gave you bad news this week. I said, don't worry about what the doctor said. I said, the Lord spoke to me and said, it's going to be alright. And uh, she had this shocked look on her face. She said, can I say something? I looked at the pastor because I don't get the microphone up, you know, and uh, experience tells you that. And she said, can I say something? pastor said yeah she got the mic and she said I just saw the doctor today the doctor told me I had six months to live she said my family doesn't even know this she said the doctor told me that I had six months to live and I said well you listen to the word of God God has already said everything is going to be fine I, I want somebody to understand it's not about me please do not understand uh, please don't misunderstand me I, it, I, I, I'm, it's not about me it's about God what he says he's going to do God says he's going to do it, then I, I just believe that God's going to do it. I was sitting in a restaurant, and please don't misunderstand me. Y'all don't know me that well, but I'm, I'm me, and I just, I, I try to be me all the time. I tried to be somebody else, and it didn't work out real well for me. I was sitting in a restaurant in San Antonio. A couple gets up, and the Lord had shown me them before they ever stood up. And they stood up and started walking towards me, and when they got to our table, they recognized the pastor. And they said, oh, hi, pastor, how you doing? He talked to him for a few moments, and he said, this is Brother Marshall, Tim Marshall. He's our evangelist. And he said, uh, he's preaching for us, and they shook my hand. And I said, I saw y'all over there sitting down. I said, the Lord spoke to me and gave me a word for y'all. And their eyes got this huge, and this is a restaurant. It's not church service. We didn't have praise singers. We didn't, you know, we didn't have an offering. Lord, how can the Lord move without an offering or something like that and, and I said the Holy Ghost spoke to me and I said y'all are wanting a child and uh, I said the Lord said to tell you you're fixing to have a child and their eyes got big they said we've been wanting a child for seven years he looked at the pastor and he said whenever she's pregnant she said we'll be in church I wanted to say yo dude show up to church before it happens but I didn't I was the nice guy and uh, I get a call from the pastor about a month and a half later and he said uh, guess who was in church today I said, who's that? I knew what he was going to say. He said, the couple you saw in the restaurant. Uh, it's just time after time after time. Again, it's not about me. God wants to do something for everybody, and God can use every person in this building. Listen, it's not just the, the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. It's not just for the ministry. It's for the church. It's God give it to the church. It's for each and every one of us. Uh, I'm telling you, God wants to do 
what you ask him to do. He's, he's simply, I, I look at it this way. God is sitting there saying, what can I help you with? The greatest customer service you've ever seen in your life. Something sometimes that some people lose. And, but God said, I, what, what can I help you with? What, what do you want? We started going through something. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel, I feel so, I, I, I feel like something is connecting in the spirit here. I, I could get all loud and rambunctious, but that's not the way the Holy Ghost is moving right now. But um, I was, uh, my wife was going through an issue here a couple of years ago. And I called a, a dear friend of mine, a mentor of mine. And uh, I've learned something through, through this. That many times we go to the Lord and we talk to the Lord. And we say, God, this is what is going on. But the scripture says, and they inquired of the Lord. Instead of us saying, God, we've got a problem. Hello. <laughs> he already knew I had a problem before I ever went to him. And, and, does that make sense? Because he knows it all. And so I inquire of the Lord, God, what should I do? God, how do we handle this? God, what, what, what direction should I go through? When, the, when they diagnosed her with, with the breast cancer, I say the doctors always did it, said it. I, God didn't say it. The doctors say that. I don't take ownership of a temporary situation. Jesus simply borrowed the tomb. It was a borrowed tomb. He didn't take ownership of it. That's the way it is. And man, I feel so strongly in the Holy Ghost. Whatever your situation you're going through right now, whatever is going on in your life, don't take ownership of it. It does not belong to you. Brother Marshall, it's easy for you to say, yeah, it's, I can say that. I had colon cancer back in 1998. The doctors diagnosed me with the colon cancer. I'm telling you, obviously, I, I'm doing pretty good. Am I making sense? I, I refuse to take ownership of something that does not belong to me. The same thing with a problem in your family. Well, I got problems. We, yeah, there are situations, but those things do not belong to me. Let them go back to where they came from. I am a child of God. I am a, come on, I'm, a, I'm an heir to the kingdom of God. I have his royal blood flowing through my veins. And so I refuse to allow the enemy to have me take ownership of something that is only a temporary situation. Come on, I'm preaching to some people in this place tonight. God, this does not belong to me. And so I'm going to give it back to where it came from. Would you lift your hands to heaven right now all across this building and say, God, I trust you. I've got confidence in you. My hope is in you. Come on, lift your voice to heaven right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Everybody lift your voice to heaven. Everybody lift your hands. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Come on, come on, everybody lift your voice to heaven.